Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. The Biden administration pressured the state of Arizona with a lawsuit, forcing the governor there to take down his makeshift border wall made up of shipping containers. The White House found time to force Arizona to do this, while President Biden himself can't even find the time to visit the border. All this as border officials are definitely bracing for what will be a flood of even more migrants when Title 42 is lifted possibly any day now. And joining us to discuss this and, of course, her own experiences at the border and also covering the migrants extensively is investigative reporter for The Daily Caller, Jenny Tare. Jenny, great to have you here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Rita. It's nice to be back. What is your reaction to the Biden administration pressuring Arizona to remove their border wall, their makeshift border wall? It's a really interesting conflict here because, you know, the one hand, the Biden administration has been very openly against what was then Trump's border wall. You know, President Donald Trump, when he was in office, had vowed to complete the border wall. And he actually vowed to have Mexico pay for it, which I'm sure you remember now that border wall wasn't completed. There are some huge gaps, especially in Arizona, which is why the governor there had filled it with these double stacked shipping containers. And from the start, that was met with a lot of opposition from these immigration advocacy organizations that argued that the shipping containers being erected would actually be detrimental and dangerous for these migrants. You know, the Biden administration previously said just a couple months before Ducey decided, the governor of Arizona decided to put these in place. He said that, you know, this is where he was going to fill the gap, that Biden was going to fill this gap with wall because it's notorious for crossings. And, you know, it actually came from pressure from a Democrat, from Senator Mark Kelly of Arizona. That never came to fruition. There's a ton. I've been down there. There's a ton of extra equipment and nothing being used. And so Ducey said, you know what, I'm going to do this myself. But what ended up happening is that I guess the Biden administration may have caved to these immigrant advocacy organizations that, you know, argued that it was dangerous. But again, we know the border situation with it being open is maybe more dangerous. That's the irony of it all that here he finds time or the Biden administration finds time to pressure and basically, you know, cave to, you know, a variety of different groups. And obviously it's in keeping with the Biden administration's policies at the border to pressure Governor Ducey of Arizona to move the shipping containers. And yet you could make the case, my goodness, look what's happening on the border every single day. It's like they're doing everything to basically keep it wide open. And somebody who tries to stop that and to tries to protect their own state gets slapped on the wrist by this White House. What's your reaction? Well, right. It really has been that. But I think what's going to be a reckoning here is that, you know, you now have a new governor coming into Arizona, for example. She is a Democrat, Katie Hobbs. She's actually said that there's not been enough done at the border. So you have Democrats reacting. And of course, we have, you know, this fight over Title 42, which has an uncertain fate right now. 
And that's the public health order put in place by former President Donald Trump to mitigate the spread of COVID by expelling certain illegal immigrants. But, you know, a lot of Democrats have actually jumped on that and said, you know what, this policy needs to stay in place when before, you know, the Biden administration has been pushing against it. And a lot of people are arguing that it's needed with the surge right now. Everyone's pretty much recognizing it, except for the Biden administration. Why do you think the Biden administration is fighting so hard against you know, keeping Title 42 in place or finding more reasons just to protect the homeland? Yeah, I think that's a huge part. When you mentioned protect the homeland, one of the things that I've noticed in my reporting is that there's a lot of different efforts through interior enforcement. So that would be with Immigration and Customs Enforcement, so ICE, that the Biden administration has taken some steps that actually indicate that they want to move away from immigration enforcement and even detention. So, for example, a couple weeks ago, they held an event to discuss what is known as their Alternatives to Detention Program, which is basically what's used to track via electronic monitoring, so ankle monitors or cell phones, to track those released into the interior of the United States, because we know that it takes forever. It takes years to get court proceedings wrapped up. And, of course, we don't have the capacity to hold all of these people. So during that event, the Biden administration actually hosted an Abolish ICE activist and a number of other organizations that have advocated against detaining illegal immigrants. And that's something they've moved towards in other areas. They actually have a program called the Case Management Pilot Program, which is also used to monitor illegal aliens released into the interior of the country. That program is headed by an organization, the Christian World Service, I believe, that, you know, has been an advocate for Abolish ICE as well. Are you stunned at this as someone who's covered the border so long to go through such lengths by an administration whose priority should be to protect America? It is really stunning because you talk to sheriffs across the country and county attorneys and local officials, and you get a sense for, wow, this is really having an impact in places far beyond the border, places like Wyoming, places like Montana. This is not just happening down there. It's really affecting people. It's leading to, you know, a lot of people becoming victims of drunk driving. That's a huge example. You know, that's something that some counties have seen a rise in from illegal aliens. And you actually hear from some of the migrants that, you know, they're concerned that people are exploiting the situation with them. They notice it along the way that there are people that are there for nefarious purposes. How serious is it to well beyond even the drunk driving? There have been it's over 100 Mm -hmm. that have been on the terror watch list. Where are some of these folks coming from? And even the ones that you've heard about that have actually crossed into America, they're coming from, and it depends on the different sectors, but if you look at, like, say, in Yuma, there was a report mm-hmm. recently that a lot of them are Middle Eastern, they're Russian, some are Iranian. I mean, you have to wonder, what are their intentions? Yeah, absolutely. They're coming from across the globe. They all know that. I was actually in Guatemala about a month and a half ago, and I met with six men from Afghanistan. They were actually there was a full group of 16 of them detained in this one holding facility. And, you know, those guys were actually left behind during the evacuation of Afghanistan when the U.S. left. 
you know, they said they couldn't get out. They tried to escape via the Kabul airport, which, as we know, was a very chaotic situation. They're trying to escape the Taliban. But, you know, of course, you have concerns, like you said, the terror watch list situation, 98 people. That's up from zero in 2019. So that alone is very concerning and it should be concerning. And actually, I think the FBI director, Chris Ray has actually presented more concern over this and actually contradicted the Department of Homeland Security secretary over this, over a cause for concern of the national security implications of the surge in illegal immigration. How different was it under President Trump? My goodness, because it seemed like they got a clear signal, don't come in. And if not, you will be vetted and returned. Right. That's, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. They were much lower under the former president. Now, I will say that, you know, we did, we were impacted by COVID. But, you know, again, he had more stringent policies, for example, with ICE. President Trump had ICE officers seeking out people who were legally in the country, and that would be their sole violation that would qualify them for deportation. What I hear from sheriffs, attorneys across the country is that the Biden administration and ICE under the Biden administration is not taking on those cases, that they are solely looking for people who have committed extremely egregious crimes. And so, you know, a DUI in some counties, I've heard, like, flies under the radar, and people are not being deported like they used to. So that's a big change. And obviously, there's a chain reaction to that. People hear these things. There's word of mouth on the policies. And of course, Title 42, even though it hasn't ended, you see it surge right now because there's this message going around that, you know, maybe tomorrow it's going to be open, next day, we don't know. And Everything just shifts. And you see it. I saw it when I was in Central America that, you know, right then the Biden administration actually decided it was Title 42, meaning it would expel Venezuelans. And I met groups of Venezuelans down there who told me, gosh, if we had found this out before we left, we just wouldn't have come. But now we're already in Guatemala. Like, what are we going to do? So what do they tell you about Title 42 in terms of opening the floodgates if it gets lifted? Is there clearly a sense in the migrant community that they just see it as an even more porous border? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, a sense you get from Border Patrol as well. They know that it's going to lead to them being released in mass. That's really what's going to happen unless the Biden administration brokers some deal with Mexico, countries in Central America. You know, there's been talk of a third country agreement. And what that would mean is you know, any country that you pass through that would be considered safe to stay in, like you would have to stay if you can obtain a visa, you know, or you'd have to maybe go through the port of entry here and seek asylum legally. But we haven't heard what the full plan is going to be from the Biden administration. And that's concerning because it could be tomorrow. It could be a few days from now. It could be weeks from now, but they should be ready for whatever comes. And honestly, they should have be prepared for what's currently happening, but clearly not. Does it seem that they have any intentions to change course? Is there any, you know, thing that you're seeing firsthand? When I speak to sources in Border Patrol, I don't get the sense that anything's going to change. They, you know, everything changes at the turn of a dime, so it could change. But the problem is that the message gets sent fast and, you know, 
at the 11th hour when the crisis is already ensuing, maybe. That's what they're really concerned about, these agents, and let alone just their mental health. You know, I, I don't just talk to them about, you know, oh, how many people are you getting in? What nationalities are you seeing? How overcrowded is it? I mean, I hear a lot from them on just how distressed they are. You know, of course, as law enforcement, they see a lot of gruesome things. They experience a lot of horrific tragedies through their jobs, and they know they're signing up for that. But that with the added stress of something that is just unprecedented is really uh, deteriorating the morale of the agency. And we're seeing that with, you know, a surge in suicides. And, you know, they have a lot of personal problems as a result. Divorces go up. Uh, you know, other things in their lives are not all, you know, just perfect. And it's really been affected by what's happening on the job. And, you know, it's amazing. And some of the new budget things, we've seen all this new funding for basically processing migrants, yet nothing increasing detention whatsoever. I mean, it's really shocking. So it's going to get a lot worse, unfortunately, for our border agents. Are they ready to handle that? And what's inspiring them to stay on the job? I mean, honestly, they're just trying to, you know, survive as citizens. They just need to pay their bills at this point. They signed up for something that had a completely different mission from what they're doing now. So, I mean, of course, there are some that, you know, are turning to other positions, other jobs, seeking other work. There are some that, you know, may just plan to retire when as soon as they can. It's really sad to see because they just don't have the support. That's how they feel. And they, you know, aren't. They feel like they're aiding and abetting in this. They feel like they're the next handoff from the human smugglers, essentially, to just do the releasing into the country. Talk about also on the flip side, Jenny, how basically migrants right now are just being totally used also by cartels because they're going, we're hearing these horrific stories of their journeys because they see a big neon sign to come to America. The cartels are making so much money. They're the ones who are getting rich. And sadly, also the migrants are getting abused horribly along the way. It's a dangerous journey. It's totally inhumane what happens along the way. And of course, what ends up is the winner in this is these cartels and these human smuggling operations. It's a huge cash cow for them. And, you know, who knows what they could be capable of with that money. We already know how, you know, militarized these cartels have become. It's only bound to get worse, I would assume, with all of this, you know, cash coming in and just doing the numbers, looking at how many people we're seeing 2.3 million plus in just fiscal year 2022 alone. Really concerning. Kevin McCarthy is also saying, Jenny, that potentially 13 million more migrants may cross if Title 42 is lifted any day now in the next two years under the Biden administration. That is a stunning number. Yeah, it's a really stunning number. It's something that we should be concerned about because we're already seeing that right now there's an upward surge. This is normally a time actually that we see things kind of die down at the border. It's cold now. That plays a huge role in it. And actually the holidays play a huge role in it. Things die down because of that. But this year, no, it's actually getting worse. And what's happening is you're seeing in places like Yuma, Arizona or El Paso, people being released onto the streets, into the communities, because there's just not enough 
space to keep them in Border Patrol custody. And actually, the shelters that are run by nonprofits are out of capacity. So that's going to be an issue for the rest of the country, of course. And we know that other states have taken action when things like that have happened. Governor Greg Abbott in Texas has bused migrants to Philadelphia, Chicago, D.C., and New York City. The Biden administration has funded buses that go from El Paso to other areas of the country. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it is a scary premise. What's ahead? What about also the fact that the GOP is going to take control of the House on January 3rd? That's not too far away. They have said, Kevin McCarthy and his team have basically said they will hold border hearings and they will be at the border. How could that impact things? You know, it'll be interesting because there's been a lot of talk about trying to impeach DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. And I'll be waiting to see if they fulfill that promise and what they end up doing as far as hearings go, who they will call to testify, what issues they'll focus on. Because obviously we know it's not just about the surge in migrants. It's about, like we talked about, the national security implications. It's about the fentanyl issue. It's about so many things, crime. So they're going to have to take a really good look and you know, they're going to have to hold multiple hearings. This is something that has just, you know, gone out of control. It's spiraled at this point. So it will be interesting to see what comes of it if they do proceed with impeachment and, you know, everything else that has been promised. Do you think they'll fulfill that promise? And will Democrats actually come to the border, do you think, for the hearings? Yeah, I mean, I think that there are some Democrats that may proceed to go to the border. Of course, we have some more moderate ones left, like Henry Cuellar, who has been an open advocate of, you know, stricter border policies, keeping Title 42, all of that. But, you know, I don't know. It could be a problem with some of these progressives and, you know, they might have to just hold an off-site hearing without them. And maybe that will make a statement about who's really concerned about it. I think that's what they're really trying to achieve here. What's the most powerful thing, before I let you leave, that you have seen or heard from migrants about what they endured coming here and also on the flip side, just how wide open the border is too, just how difficult the process is overall for our border agents too? Yeah, I think... Some of the most distressing things I've seen are related to children. There's been a lot of children that are brought along the journey. I saw one once, a young girl, maybe six or seven years old with her father, who was, I mean, basically dying in front of her. It was a very dire situation. And unfortunately, I don't know what his fate was. I'm, you know, afraid for him and I hoped he was okay, but he had severely low oxygen levels and you know, seemed to have some COVID-like symptoms, you know, she was crying in distress. It was dark. We were in the brush. It's a very stressful and dire situation that, you know, children just shouldn't suffer through. And then you hear also, on the other hand, when you think of the children is when you talk to Border Patrol agents, you know, there's a lot of people that are using children, They're renting children from human smugglers to be able to have an easier release into the country. That's kind of their ticket in. So you see a lot of that happening when talking with Border Patrol agents. That's what they're 
they're telling you is they have indicators that they, you know, are obviously face to face with these people, vetting them and may encounter them a couple of times. And then the one time they release the person and not send them back, maybe could be the time they brought a child all of a sudden. So it's really distressing to hear these stories, but it's the reality of what's going on. And, you know, someone needs to pick up the pieces here and say, this needs to be solved. And the fact that President Joe Biden hasn't gone to the border yet is really concerning here. You know, I even heard today from Border Patrol agents in Yuma that three, you know, former NFL stars are at the border today with them, you know, trying to increase morale and speak with them and having a cookout. Where's the president? Yeah, 1,000 percent. It's something that all Americans should care about. I'm glad to see the NFL stars are there. How crazy is that, that they made it to the border before our own president, which is a shame. And hopefully he will get there. Hopefully the Democrats will also get there, whether the Republicans force them there or not. It'll be interesting to see. Everybody, be sure to subscribe and share this podcast. We got some really powerful firsthand reporting from one of the best in the business who covers the border extensively. Jenny Tear, thanks for your great, great reporting and all you do to keep us safe. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Merry Christmas. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America. America.